Good people of Los Angeles, we are back with another episode of the FC, FC, FSA, FSA pod in the backyard, Expo Park. We got your boy Max. Which Max? Max B. Not that Max B. Yes, another Max B. Max Bretos on the pod tonight in the backyard talking all sorts of things on how he first decided he wanted to become a broadcaster on bouncing around a childhood going to several different key locations that would influence the man we know today. Ultimately, good conversation all around, Slim. Ladies and gentlemen, as per usual, we are in the backyard of Expo Park. There are helicopters flying. There are cars driving by, ladies walking by, having conversations. And as per usual, I do have a potty mouth. I do intend to use it. And if you're around children or at a place of work and you feel like you shouldn't be listening to profanity, don't listen. You motherfuckers. FCFC. FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. We are your hosts. As per usual, I got Big Dwee sitting across from me. Yo. I got Josh Sexy Spice to my left. Yeah. And a very special guest in the backyard. Uh, you've seen and heard one half of Inside LAFC come through the backyard, but we have the voice of not only the North End and our club, but the voice Aww. that intros our podcast to you guys every week. Mr. Max Bredos is in the yeah. backyard. Hey. Cheers, oh, sir. No, let me, get, let me pour something in here. Oh, no, <laughs> no, I can't no, no. do it. Right. I got you, I got you, I got you. Cheers, guys. All right. Hey. Ooh, cheers. What a wonderful cheers. intro. Hey. Thank you very much. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Long time coming. This is Jenna. Jameson. Jameson? Okay, I, I thought so. I was thinking it was another Jana, like a, in a soap opera or something, but Mm-mm. she looks great there. What? <laughs> so, it was Mo, right? Yeah, Mo, uh, for another guest on the pod, and the VP of Mo, the 3252, yeah. yeah. He brought that over. I saw it on his Instagram, told him how much I loved it, and he gifted it to me. I should have bore a gift. Donkey now. <laughs> you're also the first official guest who's never listened to the podcast. Hey, no, no what, expectations. You have no idea what our very first. Well, that's question gonna is. change. <laughs> our very first question for everybody is: We want to hear what's your oldest football memory. Ooh, that's a great question. Really good question. And it's funny because I was thinking about that because I was thinking of someone talking about like what what was the first World Cup that you kind of was uh, the entry point. So mm-hmm. I think that was it. It's usually a World Cup with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I remember I was in Mexico. Well, I was in Mexico. The World Cup I started feeling was the the uh, the '86 World Cup. Mm. I was 14. <laughs> hey! Do the math at home, everybody. So, I can't. I can't. The, I guess the one now that I think about it. So I don't know if you guys know this, but when we were when I was five, my family moved to Australia. I lived there till I was twelve. So did not know that. Whoa. So that's uh, that was a long time. I I just don't share that as much because it's so long ago. But that was an important part. And I remember I didn't know any soccer, but 
there was a lot of Italians who went to this Morris Brothers College, and there was about 20 Italian students. Italy won the World Cup. They beat uh, they beat Brazil in the big upset. I remember all the Italians came in crazy. So that was like it was a semi, and then because of that, I tuned in in the final. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't absorb it very much. I do remember watching it, and I do remember the feeling it caused to those Italian students. Mm -hmm. But were people people had it on, and that's how you started watching it? I didn't watch it. I wanted to know what they were going all happy about. Mm. They're like, oh, what happened? What happened? So I remember they said, oh, the final. So I watched a little bit uh, of the final. And you, not knowing a lot about the sport. And after watching, did you ever want to play like immediately after that? No. Or never played? Are you no. a never played football kind of guy? Yeah, I played. I I was uh, I was a rugby player. Played uh, at, in college, and I played here at Santa Monica Rugby Club until a couple of years ago. Hey, um, wow. Does that come from the Australian roots a little that bit? That came from the Australian. When yeah. me and Australia come out, and we saw, I sought out a, club, a rugby club when I was in Miami and then here. And I'll say so this. Funny. I'll tell you this, whether it's soccer or rugby, yeah. I came to my uh, L.A. in 96, 97, and I didn't know anybody, zero people. And I joined the rugby club and immediately had like 20 friends. Yeah. I had like three or four drinking buddies. It was I cannot recommend that enough to join a sport team. Even if you're not a great athlete, just to be there. And I wasn't really great at but it was like you do to, to, for the social gatherings. And I got work from people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, help me mix cement, which I never did before. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the communities that those off-flyer type groups can create is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's important, especially in a big city like this. Yeah. Yeah, you guys in TSG have like now in, instant 50 friends, most of whom you're sick of, like you're sick of Josh. Yeah, yeah we're quite sick of each other. <laughs> that's that's amazing, but I remember when I when I spoke to you when we were at the game when mm. you gave my son his uh, the uh, the scarf, mm. and just how you're like we don't miss the games now because you created this, and I said that's what it's all about, uh, just being around, sharing this experience, going. On. I can't imagine how excited it is for road trips. Yeah, those. I mean, uh, that's really where you get the bonding as far as like the thirty two fifty two. Yeah, you you always get in the tailgates and whatnot, but it's like a different level of bonding once you're like out in enemy territory. Do you look forward to those? You're like, I all right. It. Some trips are better than others. But yeah, you go, I'm sure. going to Portland. I'm going to this. I go. I can't wait. Not just for the game, but to. Yeah, fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not taking the bus trip to San Jose anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm flying my ass either. As I'm, you should. Yeah, I'm yeah, flying yeah, my yeah. ass back at least. I'm like, I could take the bus up there, but screw you guys. I'm flying back. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how you get up there as long as you're up there. That's exactly. Right. And then yeah. I, I only did it in the Portland game, the gathering, uh, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Everyone just showed up. Like, hey. Max, you were walking up and through the like the the AV announcer like top deck yeah. over the section and we were just looking we're like what the fuck how did Max get up there and that was sick man that's the press area yeah. there's like a tiny press area so they rebuilt the other side sure and then that side they had it so which was great but I would go down because I wanted to go down to where you guys were and then go back up to kind of do some stuff on the computer and gotcha I've been to so many games there there's always that one section that even for the Sounder fans who are their biggest rivals obviously but it's had two sections mm -hmm. and that second section makes that block look so much bigger. Mm -hmm. It almost looks like a quarter of the stadium. So, which it felt like. That was incredible. We left that. Uh, we left that loss paved into that that grass and that new stadium forever. So I have very yeah. fond memories of Portland this time. It's amazing what sports does, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> Wait, are you so gonna leave your leg up like that the whole time? A <laughs> <laughs> little this little peek behind house, the seat. Max, <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Like, hey, oh, King we were in the backyard for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about chilling. It's yeah. about chilling. I'm quite chilled. In 90, 96, 97, what? Okay, first of all, what was LA like outside the rugby club? What were you, what were you doing in this town? I was, you know what I remember about that time? 
was uh, the OJ stuff was going on. Oh. And I came in there, and it was, I remember at work, I was at work answering phone calls, and they go, they have a verdict. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I never felt anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. And I was, my heart was racing. I go, well, I don't know why I'm so nervous. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool, this, like, how it captures that city. But, yeah, it was a finished university, and I was getting into a little trap where uh, I was back in Miami, mm. and I wasn't doing anything. I thought you were going to be like, I was at a trap house. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, Max, damn. Yeah. This is what it's about. Way ahead okay. of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. A little trap. Oh, yeah. Metaphorically. Okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. No, I'd go to the beach, and I'd drink at the beach. And, I, and my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. You better get, because as long as you stay out of the workforce. So I, she got had a friend who was going to give me a job answering phone calls in L.A. And I drove across. Wow. And uh, did that and built it. It was, it was difficult at first, but uh, I became home, became the, the city that I love, and made some good friends. Many years later, I met my wife. And, and I made best let's friends every year. Let's get into that. You married a Korean woman. Right. How did that come up? Right I got to tell you. Because I know Korean parents don't like anyone not Korean. And that was terrifying. <laughs> so I remember, and it, it's weird, because being Cuban, I was like, you're going to be a Cuban woman. You're gonna be. And you don't even think that the possibility that you might end up marrying an Asian woman, or a black woman, or it's like, it's just like, oh. and then you do that, and I start dating. Helen and I said I kept saying that probably doesn't work for those reasons. Maybe the Korean, my, oh my Cuban family, they're not gonna. Mm -hmm. And then so Helen got pregnant with Maxie. Oh, actually, I remember I was ready. That's the only way to do it, no, ladies no. and gentlemen. <laughs> if you're not right. dating your race, that's the way to get it done. <laughs> Oopsie. Huge blessing. Hey, I was we, just glad everything was working. We've learned this hey. in supporter culture as well. It's it's easier to say sorry than it is to ask for permission. <laughs> yes, but. Uh, I remember I took her to Miami to meet my family, and then I got back to LA and I got a phone call from my mom. She says, don't you blow this, she's great, we love her. I go, all right, I go, I go, relax, relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't bring a lot of women back home. It was like maybe the third or fourth time. Uh, and then my sister calls me an hour later and says the exact same thing, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, so I knew. So I knew my family was all in, they loved her. And then she got pregnant, I met her parents, and I said, can I have, we said it in order, I go, can I have, the permission to marry your, your daughter, and they started crying. They oh, that's so big. Oh, that's big. Oh, nice okay. Oh, pregnant. by the way, <laughs> but wait, there's oh, more. But that was, once you got that, you knew they would love the second piece. Oh, yeah, 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 Nice. So it's I remember that day. It was, that's beautiful. I was actually thinking about it. The order of operations, emotional. baby. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So I'm very blessed and I'm very honored to be part of the, uh, uh, in some way, of the Korean community, which I've admired more and more, certainly in L.A., just wonderful people her brother john her mom her mom lives with us now so oh nice that's very korean yes have the mother -in -law i gotta tell you the mother-in-law is I, I you always heard those stories of like oh i can't live my mother-in-law it's the greatest me and my wife can go on dates now mm -hmm. that's not the reason but there's a whole lot of things she that's big do. man and she's great she just she she worries about you she has some breakfast yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. a lovely lady so the trick was yeah all the hardness that we take her out as well build up like Kind of comes down once a grandkid Grand comes into play. Yeah. Well. It's good to Sorry, have a, mom and dad. It's going to be a while. It's good, to have, <laughs> it's good to have a full house. Yeah. You know? Are they from LA? Yes. Gotcha. They lived in Hacienda Heights uh, for the most part. And uh, the, the, so when we first moved in, it was in Hacienda Heights, a lot of driving. But I, I like call Hacienda and, and Roland Heights the, the Korean Chinese fusion cities. Right. So hey. it's becoming more Chinese now mm -hmm. than it was. All the Koreans are moving over to the Buena Park in like La Havre, La Mirada area, Fullerton. Yep, Some yep. of the best hop up places are in Hacienda Heights. Yep. What's your favorite uh, Korean uh, restaurant? That's tough to say. Because I've been dabbling, right? there's three or four I like, but I want to go to the next level. Um, 
I mean, if you're down to wait like in hours, Hanongdan is always good for the kalbi chim. Yeah. Is that, um, where's that with one? The, with the cheese and the blowtorch on top? Yeah, yeah. On uh, six and uh, Alexandria. Yeah. That's not the, is that the one across from Quarters? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I've gone there and I have not been able to sit down there. Yep, yet, exactly. But I said the so next time I'm coming, we're sitting down there. I don't yeah. Wait. You, you just got to says that. Just gotta give yourself an hour How to wait. How do you say it again? Oh, uh, Sunnongdan. Sunnongdan. S-U-N-N-O-N-G-D-A-N. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kobawu is always really solid. That's like the OG like pork spot Kobawu over there. Yeah, Kobawu house. Yeah, that's like uh, your Korean as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just because he looks like Lee Win doesn't mean you thought he was Vietnamese because he looks like Lee, huh? No, no. But he's kind of you know it's a little. Yeah, yeah. Shout it's, out. It's also the Buddhist shirt he has hey, on today. Shout out my peoples yeah. right here. <laughs> but at, also uh, at the Mexican Day Mexican Independence Day parade, I was there marching and then. um Random people come up to be like, Lee, thank you for coming out and supporting. I know. And I, yes. you know, when I was the older folk, I had to be You're very twice pumped. the size of Lee. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, retiring This is like three years after retirement when you he know, gets a little The thick. beer gut, the beer gut's here. You know, I've really given up on my fitness. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. No, no, no. Yeah. Josh went keto for a while. He lost some weight. Come on. I, I but he's still John Thick. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm out here. <laughs> But the thing was like I was very polite and be like, hey, it's, you know, I'm just I'm I'm here. I'm not in Lee Win. And then, but the academy kids were like, is that Lee? Is that Lee? And I was like, gotta run with it then. I was like, hell yeah, I'm Lee. And they're like, they're like, no, you're not Lee. You were at the game in Orlando the other day. It's like, how'd you get it so quick? I was like, private jet. And they're like, oh. <laughs> no. And then you go, wait a minute, don't you play in MLS? <laughs> like, that's that was that was a quick yeah. I just got that right. Now. Like my family's very wealthy. It's good. Oh man, oh, great. No, so. You know, your first go around to LA though, what neighborhoods were you spending time in back then versus where you spend time now? Because when you, when you I, I met you when you first moved back and you're like, oh, I haven't been here for years. Like, and you, you know, what yeah. was it? It was probably like 20 years, 20 year span between when you last lived here. No, for my last time it was like eight years. Oh, eight years, okay. But I was here until 2010, then I moved out to 2018 mm -hmm. and came back. But when I first moved here, it was Mid Wilshire area. Mm -hmm. It was on Cochrane Avenue. Yeah. It was like, uh, Brea and was it Wilshire? Yeah, we got Wilshire. Spitting distance from K Town, dude. So yeah, you know, but it was different then, and well, no, not necessarily. I mean, La Brea they developed a bit. Yeah. And then I worked at Fox, which was at eventually, which is Century City. Right. Yeah. I was actually just there today. I went to see some of these Deportes guys. Mm. Um, Century City is a different vibe completely. Yeah. Man. It's that new mall they built up there too. The they re refurbished and all that. Did any are any of you guys familiar with the band um, Circle Jerks? Punk band. <laughs> Circle Jerks. Dweez, <laughs> go. It's Max, you. we invited you over to talk about culture. I know. <laughs> Circle Jerks, not for Okay, because Circle Jerks have a song. They go, Beverly Hills, Century City. And I lived in Miami. I was curious, where is this Century City? And then I saw that, thanks to their song. That's <laughs> listen to it. It's were called Beverly to, Hills. Were you listening to punk back in the day? Yeah, I went, when I was 13, 14, I went to every punk show. I saw the Ramones like 10 times. I saw the, the Dead Kennedys. I saw the Exploited. I saw the Damned. I was 14, all Asia shows. Or do you think going to places in Miami? Yeah, it was so. It was the greatest thing you could do at that age. It was so exciting to see a live show, as it is today. But seeing right, live right. music, I it just just gives me a reaction. Like I'm sure all you guys, right? It's a reaction like none, none other. Oh, you said a reaction. I thought he said erection. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> same kind of thing. Well, that could be really a reaction. Excited. <laughs> could be reaction. What's an erection? Dude, punk music keeps on coming up on the pod. As like a lot of them, the North End is is really heavily in tune with that scene and that it makes a lot of sense punk, what we all bring. the punks from out here punk yeah. hardcore metal but i didn't know does my did miami have punk bands big punk bands? no they just the touring bands i don't think i'm trying to think if they had a big punk but i had a good music scene everyone went through there and a lot of people it was kind of like the end of tours or, or beginning of tours
Yeah. So more to get the party started, or it's like it's, it's, a, it's a natural ending. starting or ending spot. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't I haven't talked about this that much on the pod, but pod exclusive. Dweez was definitely a punk head back when I was like 10, 10 to fifteen. Yeah, that's about my window. Yeah, it was like. What was your What was your groups? Young aggression. Okay, so the first time I ever went. Bad brains was one of them. A punk funk show was actually no effect show, and it was. You're a lot younger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a wild, like I wasn't ready for an experience because I had gone to, like, my first big concert was Gwen Stefani, no doubt, as no doubt with the Suicide Machines and Weezer at the Pond in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And I was 11 years old. So you went to the 102.7 of concerts to begin your Yeah, your so, but I mean, like, Weezer and the Suicide Machines. So it was like, they were, even okay. then, they were like pivoting off the punk thing to try to like catch the waves mm-hmm. of what like No Doubt was or wasn't during that first So album. No Doubt kind of set the table for people, hey, we're, we're going to make yeah. some money, we got to go this direction. What was the Tragic Kingdom tour? And I think that was their first album. There might have been like one, there might have been one before that that was like, a black and white and pink cover but I think like that was the first record that really got them like a lot of attention and so I was already listening to punk music but it wasn't I wasn't ready for the no effects scene because I was like I saw that was the first time I saw like heavy drug use like you know like <laughs> yeah. for real like as a 12 year old I saw like women taking their shirts off and I was just like what is happening like I went with those don't brother. look like the Barbies and my pops <laughs> my pops was like a chaperone for us and he just kind of like walked in he's like you guys like go to your you're the one that decided you want to go here you go over and enjoy yeah. it and so we were just like wandering around like looking at Hey, I'm curious, when you saw the heavy drug use, because I had my head in the sand when I'd see it, I'd go, oh, that guy has a cold or something. I don't know what's going on. He <laughs> must have but did some vitamins. And I was like completely clueless. And I would say that over again, and then a few years later, I'd go, oh, okay, I yeah. see what's happening there. So, Or a guy, what's he holding up to? Were, like, yeah. were you aware of what was going on? Okay, so I think I had like a lot of exposure to adult things from a very young age for different reasons, but the biggest one was I had a, we had a family friend who worked for a TV station and he pirated all these like crazy radar, like whether it was like this, all the Steven Seagal uh, fighting yeah, movies. I had a, I had a similar thing. Ones, you know, and so we just had this archive uh-huh. and our parents were kind Steven of- Steven Seagal in it. Like TNA you know I mean? movies. You know, it's like, well, no, there was the one Steven Seagal movie that I remember specifically. Mark like, for the death? Two, the two brothers, the two, the two like dreaded out brothers. I think they were oh, from yeah, like some from wherever and they were, they were like, you know, narco traficantes or whatever. You know, they yeah, were like yeah, yeah. they were like dealers or whatever. So it was like a very drug focused movie on that topic. But like, the entirety of his collection was just full. There was nothing that wasn't like somewhat risky. And my parents were like, yeah, whatever. Like these guys are gonna watch it. And I was like, I wasn't really into cartoons and stuff as a kid. I actually would wake up and like watch Sports Center. I was like crazy into the NFL when I was really young before soccer became the takeover. But like, no, watching all those and like seeing all that stuff and then seeing it the no effect show, I knew exactly what everything was. Mm. I was just terrified that I was seeing it in person. Yeah. Like, wait, what? And I even knew that the band talked about it. I don't know how I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> like, this, these things will occur wow. in and around the band. Yeah, all right. But it was it was pretty much like a kick in the kick in the pants, like as as a twelve year old. Do you guys still watch? Uh, it's funny you say you're a fan of NFL and then just became soccer. Do you watch other sports still? I watch my. I've caught myself now finally watch just focusing more on soccer. I like even the, I, I watch NFL. I didn't watch any yesterday. Not that I don't like it. I just yeah. watch, I just walk around. I was like, What's I up? Do you have any allegiances that you you, you claim other than? Well, I'm now uh, for in other sports. Yeah. So this is weird because the NFL. I was a Bengals fan for the longest time, and I said it. What? They stink. <laughs> and what happens if they hey, do win? Hey. <laughs> Every episode, baby. Uh, it's always at this time. Uh, so I've adopted the Chargers because I actually went to a couple games and with my son. So. 
into that, but it's soft. Florida State's where I went to university. So mm. That's the that's the one sports team if they lose, I would I, I get very emotionally distraught. Mm. We Which talking, they're losing a lot now. We were talking about this before you got here, actually, and I was like talking about Ryan. Shout out to Ryan Wallerson, a good friend of the pod. He uh, he can call every game. Like he watches. Every I used to at ESPN. I had to watch all of it. He yeah, watches yeah. every pitch of every game. He will that's, tell you about what's going on in the trade windows <laughs> Thank of like you. all the basketball games. You could have. You like. Sit that's with embarrassing. And talk about. <laughs> and I'm just like Wallerson. Well, what are you like, doing with your life, Wallerson? I used to have to do that, and it's your brain just goes. So I have abandoned now. This is probably like my fourth year. It's hard with nothing besides football, and I probably started watching football. Shoot, I probably started watching football. What was it? Fox Soccer. Wait, wait, are you watching more MLS now? Yeah, no, I'm. Because remember I talked to you about that. It's like, hey, do I watch more games because it affects yeah. LAFC? Uh. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. I'll even catch myself watching like, oh, there's nothing on. I'll throw on a USL game because I have ESPN Plus now, and I'm like, halfway through watching, I'm like, what the. What am I doing? <laughs> I did that, but honestly, even MLS, I worked in it. I would watch NFL. There's back in a few years, I would always watch. Like last night, it was the Eagles and the Falcons. I would have watched that, but I ended up watching Galaxy Sporting Kansas City. Just uh, crazy. Fuck that. Sh- fucking fuck. Uh, was, I went without hesitation. <laughs> no, but I think like following world football, if you're following it, I mean, it's yeah. If you're just following one league, maybe you know, if you watch South America or you watch here or you watch League MX. Or you just watch the English Premier League. I think you have room to fit in other things. But if you're watching the global game, there's no space. There's, there's no there, and like when the international. I'm trying to do it now, and I kill. I can't. Yeah. You know what's wild? I never grew up with cable, and recently I got a YouTube TV access password. <laughs> but it, you're the, one of those. Huh? I, was, I was watching. Um, I was watching Norwich City upset upset Man City. No, we're part of the package. We're part of the package, Max. <laughs> We're helping the cause. We're helping the cause, Max. Oh, shit. But I, you know, right after Norwich City, I caught um, the second half of uh, Bama, South Carolina, and I was just like, oh. I go in and out of college football. Yeah, and college football because you're you're an FSU guy, right? So it's like it's, I think having a TV in your home too also like gives on a Saturday and Sunday. I forgot that that's like, people just sit and just watch the uh, entire if day. If you're in right? the West Coast, you could do a lot of damage. You that's can get what I'm up saying. at 4:30 or so, 4 a.m. You could watch a lot of sports yeah. by noon. Yeah. And have today some college football say like three o'clock and watch a lot and then say I still have a day ahead of me. And what is it? Is, is it some day in October? Like saying? Yeah. I'm just grateful that MLS season coincides with the uh, MLB because baseball season during the year <laughs> is fucking basura. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch it. I used to watch a bit. I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. No. You Yankees? Dude, I don't watch baseball. I'm oh, a Yankees. Yeah. Yankees I'm, I'm Dodgers, but Dodgers. I can't. I can't sit. Through I'm a Indians, whole game. but I like the Dodgers. My NL team, but uh, for the same reason, the Chargers. You might as well. You might as well like. You gotta know Ohio yeah. fascination, yeah. man. Yeah, the Bengals. Oh, I was born and, in Ohio. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I was gotcha. born and left at five. That's when we moved to Australia. But that was gotcha. it. I mean, Ohio, I should not. I should Ohio not have any affiliation. That's why. Well, no, because you were moving around so much, you yeah. kind of grasp onto right. anything from your childhood. Right. But yeah, but talk to us about Florida State, because I know college, even being a part of university and the tailgate culture and all that, Max that's really, yeah, like, what's, <laughs> what's, what's that like? What's that like? You're, like, not really. you're I, a big, I, big program, you know? I that's... did party a lot more. I had a, a days where it was like going out five days a week when I moved here. Mm. And I had a little money in my pocket. Yeah. You know, I was like 28, 29, 30, 31, 2. Those were fancy free years. Mm. Footloose, doing whatever. College was weird. I just I kind of just rushed through it. Yeah, gotcha. Went to junior college actually, and then went to Miami. My, I mean, went to Florida State. Didn't have the didn't really push the grades. Was just being lazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like kind of defiant about I don't know what I want to do, even though I knew I, what I wanted to do. And then 
kind of kicked in after college, that, that work ethic, the desire. And When did you know you, what you wanted to do? So when I was, uh, when I was like six, seven, I had a, a figurine, mm. like a G.I. Joe. And then six, you probably should have got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so I was like nine or ten, or no, even a lot older. Hey, Maybe we like got 13, a John Jameson bobblehead on the table, 13, so we're here. I had the figurine, and what I was doing was I was recreating sports with the figurine. Like, oh, he's going best 20 to 10. And like, let's just go, what are you doing? Like, oh, yeah. She'd call it my little man. And I was a little man. I was like, do that. It was like yeah. a puppet. But I was recreating sports. And I do different sports. But that I needed some sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. I mean, if you saw it from afar, you go, this guy is a lunatic. <laughs> this guy is going to kill us all. Get out of the room now. Are you repeating famous calls from like sports history? Or I'd create the my band own is ones. on the field. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like do dives. But it was just. I know it's this, It was like, like a puppet. That's basically what it was. No one's like, no, Max. This is like, a, this, this guy's like a war hero. He used to be a war hero. <laughs> And then I remember there was like, I went through a few of them, and when one of the leg would fall off because of wear and tear, and you're like, oh, <laughs> gotta get a new one. Uh, it's so gotta have the good leg motion and yeah, the arms. Yeah. So for, since forever, you've known. I think so. That's yeah, wild. That's I awesome, watch sports man. all the time. Just gravitated. But what just was, made me comfortable. What was the first? What was that first sport that you guys were watching? Uh, flop. Parents didn't watch any sports, so didn't have that kind of thing with your dad. Yeah. But. Um, when we went to Australia, I had to pick up sports teams from there. So there was the Collingwood Football Club in the Australian Rules Football League. And then there was the Canterbury Bulldogs in the National Rugby League. That's right. I followed those yeah, two teams. Yeah. Had all their uh, merchandise. <laughs> and did that. And then I followed the Bengals from afar. No internet. I remember staying up late to see us at the Super Bowl uh, 1981. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. It was broadcast on Australia back then? Yeah, in the early morning, so... Awesome. I think with the choppers going overhead. Yeah, we'll take a we first concerned? break. It looks like there's a oh, it's news choppers and they're just posted. So they're two up there. Yep. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with Max. Break time. Here, FCFC Pod. We're here with the voice of LAFC, Max Bredos. We've been talking a lot about different cities that we have affection for and away days, and I wanted to talk about through your your travels in in sports. Like, what's uh, what's been a great away day like experience? What's been your favorite city to visit for sports related content, man? Mm. You guys are just emptying the chamber here. Yeah, <laughs> emptying the chamber. Because you have a you have you have well, a lot start, of love for a lot of cities. I've, I've heard you guys. I guess we start at home. A certain MLS. And then we'll we'll go out of there widen out their MLS like was like sports. tough sledding. I mean, honestly, we're we're enjoying the best experience this year and the last couple of years. Uh, back then, it was just kind of like just dreading, not dreading, but just worried about. No one would really pay attention. Now you go to cities and people are aware of the MLS team in certain areas. Sure. I think LAFC is one. Atlanta's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City. I guess there were some good moments when I started working the national team, going to Chicago for a USA-Mexico game mm. on a couple occasions was really good. And just being there when, you know, this was hype. The U.S. team was doing great. Mexican team was doing good. You knew all the players, uh, the coaches. So it was that was, a, that was a cool experience. I didn't know you were into college sports at all. But isn't, isn't college that, the, sports, isn't that yeah, the standard? Isn't that, like, in America, the standard for, like, best sporting atmospheres and the culture? College sports like, is great. Yeah. I yeah. remember um, I didn't venture too much. With Florida State, we go to games in Tallahassee. I'd go back a couple times or – 
we'd look for a feasible game to pull, and we'd go to see the FSU Miami game down there. Sure. And it was, uh, it's, uh, it depends. I mean, usually you you get a seat pretty pretty cheap, but we did. I mean, I I always wanted to go to like, to um, like Oxford to see an old Miss game. And, yeah, but to yeah. do it right, to do the tailgating. Actually, some of the best uh, tailgate experiences was in the height when USC and UCLA were both up there. Mm-hmm. And I just tailgate in the Coliseum and wouldn't even go in the game. Oh, great cool. time. That's awesome. had a little bus and we'd sit there and. That's well, incredible. Loved it. No, it's cool. That's my first. We watch it at the steps of, of the sports arena. Oh man! Which would, yeah, of course. <laughs> and there was a, in the sports arena there. You'd go there and you get beers and they have the TV on. Because we, sometimes we'd have tickets. I go. I don't want to go in there. You can't drink. Now you can. I think. You know, it's like I don't. Yeah. Not who's in. Right, right, I'm already right. four or five deep. It's like I can't, <laughs> can't just just stop. <laughs> I mean, you we, we talk about it all the time, but other sports is if there's a, a melding of supporter culture mixed with student section culture, and if there's if there's a happy meeting between, because America definitely understands student sections right, throughout and through. And like, I grew up in like basketball country, so like I went to Syracuse, and the tailgating culture is different. Because, you went to Syracuse? Yes, I'm a, I'm a SU, SU guy. Oh wow! Orange, orange. But um, you just can't tailgate for most of the year because it's so damn cold. You know, like right. the people are literally. I almost went yeah. to a Syracuse game for Florida State, and then I pulled the plug. I uh, I would in Connecticut. I go to the BC games. That's right. So, yeah. So you, so so you drove to Syracuse right. when I was up there. I don't yeah. know anything about Syracuse. Is it also a good football school or is it a good basketball school? It's, right? it's historically a good football school. It has not been a good football school for a long time until they moved to the ACC. They were ranked this year. But um, basketball is, is is everything there. So, I remember yeah. once they had a football team where the, it was Coach Don McPherson and then it was another McPherson. And then uh, Donna McNabb would come later. Yeah, McNabb. But right they here. were 11-0 and one year. And if there was a playoff, they would have made it. I think they got left out because there was two other 11-0 teams. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They would have played for the national title. They probably should have. People will say that's probably the last greatest football, uh, the coach, football team. No relation. <laughs> the coach was Lance McPherson, <laughs> yeah. and the quarterback was McPherson. Mm. No, it was incredible, man. So, but it's literally like we, I understood all of college sports through college basketball, and like you know, like I guess still like outside the Southern football kind of gamut, there's still um, like the Cameron Crazies at at Duke and all that. Like they they definitely have this culture of traveling well. You know, students they'll they'll, they go to they'll do that. Yeah, they go to a weekend, especially in interconference stuff. So that's that's kind of within within. And the basketball, region. does basketball have a tailgating culture? Are they tailgating the same way they do with football games, or what are they less doing? So, less pre, so, less so. What is the pre? Maybe just those Carolina teams. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when, it's, when it's cold, right? yeah, when it's hot enough, yeah, for sure. The uh, pre and post basketball. It's it's college like, basketball. It's an extension of fraternity culture, right? So all the fraternities will have a big cookout before alumni will come through to the fraternities of choice, and then. Were you in a fraternity? Yes, I was. Oh, I was my, were, that was my point. That was one of my Wait, college regrets. Yeah. Was that I didn't join a fraternity. I could see I was all anti fraternity, and I said, I wish I joined it because when I was there, I go, this is really cool. I'd yeah, go to their yeah. parties, and everything was organized. I go, no, I don't want to join a fraternity. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> they have a lot of girls floating around. No, I don't want. I don't want any of that. No, 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 hey, you want some that. free beer? No, I don't want that. College kids, they're cool, <laughs> baby. It's good. I know. I didn't join a fraternity. They get a bad rap fraternities. They really do. They do for good reason a lot of times, but they do a lot of good. Yes. I didn't join a fraternity because I don't buy my friends either. But, <laughs> Thank you. No, it's funny because most of the people that I knew that were in fraternities now regret being in them. They're like, I should have done something else with my Really? Life. Is it the same for you? Or are you pretty happy that you've done? You know, I was happy to, to experience it in the way that I did. I think I, I joined a little later. I was a esteemed brother of Phi Delta Theta. So it's uh, a... <laughs> Whatever, dog. That, that's, what that's does that mean? Douche, <laughs> yeah. What a fucking douche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Extreme. news. This is news. We, we yeah, what the fuck? Known you for like three years now, and I just find out you're a douchey frat boy. That's why I'm at. No, no. (laughs) I wish I joined a frat. I really do. You know, it's weird. In the East, I think it's different than Southern fraternity culture, but like fraternity culture in the East, you definitely adopt some of the prep 
kind of history that's mm. in like old school institutions like that. So definitely seeing like old world money like that, it was it was definitely an interesting spot. I'll, all right, yeah. yeah, East Coast might be different. Like all the UCs and the little Asian yeah, the West Coast is that I got thing. out here. Sure, 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 sure. Douchebags. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're from an Asian frat, I love you, but you're a douchebag. <laughs> that's the people you we got to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Those are your favorite people. So it's, cool. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, it's like fraternity life, sports life was all like one and the same for a lot of that. And I think that's um, that was a big intro into a lot of a lot of things. But uh, collegiate sports, Ooh, man. Uh, me, me and Doozy are both looking at no, you over I, here like, who like the fuck jaws, is this I'm guy? I don't even like know where to go from here. I didn't even know that Josh was on a step team. This is crazy. Why is it all coming out now? No, it's a cool. step team. Bro, dude, Josh. Well, no, I say that because I had a friend who's from LA, from my city, Cerritos, and um, he he like after high school he moved out to New York, worked in TSA while going to college out there, and then like so cool, like learned Spanish, yeah. and then he fucking moves to Georgia to go to, go to Georgia State. Um, I forget what frat he joined, but it's the same frat that like um, Ray Lewis is in the purple and oh and gold. Omega, no, not a. Anyways, but. Yeah. These fuckers on the step team, yeah, yeah, like crazy. But anyway, I mean, this is a big differentiator, right? Like, of, like they say, like uh, the inner inner council frats who are mostly, you know, they come from all of either old school white origins or Jewish origins, and then there's like the black fraternities, the mm-hmm. alphas, and all those guys who do the step is stepping is like a big part of their their kind of ceremony. Mm-hmm. So. And, and then, then the Asians the out here started frats so they can party. In your no, 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 no. I feel you on that. I feel you um, on that. Well, taking it back to you're supposed to party when you're 19. Yeah, of course, exactly. I, I didn't I didn't go to a four year university, but I was at all those parties. Yeah, yeah. So I know Man, how if I party more than I was 19, 20, 21, 22. I could have got off with it when I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, how many guns did you get pulled on you on a, in a frat party? None at a frat party. Outside a frat party. No, 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 not a frat party. I thought it was a frat party. You got no, no, no. The frat party was we almost kind of fight. They uh, thought we just had a certain amount of people. Our friends were at a party down the street. Yeah, so, that comes with the territory. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then they they were coming out to fight us. Then the other guys pulled up. Then they just went back in and locked the door. One That's of those funny. deals. Um, but taking one of those deals. <laughs> taking it back to uh, um, MLS away days. My first memory of of Max Bredos came at um, the Atlanta away day last hey, year. Hey, right? shout like out! Five, I was working that one like, for ESPN. There were literally like only five, five of us, yeah. and then the staff. Um, so it was quite a depressing day. We got. Demolished five one, right. I believe. And it was then, in that club afterwards. It was the with bar Rivas that was and Benchy dancing up. I exactly. was like, man, these guys can dance. And there so it was going. We we were not even at a club. It was the the bar that was connected to uh the W hotel that Rich was staying right. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Rich was like, We'll just go to the bar hotel. And we were all just depressed, drinking. And uh she and I had the bright idea of going to tip the DJ to just straight play some West Coast music. These guys are I think, everywhere. By the way, I think LFC have lost back-to-back games twice in their history, and that was second of the back-to-back. Yep. The only time uh, so we, 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 weren't, we weren't happy, but we were like, all right, well, we're here, so fuck it. Paid the DJ like 20 bucks. I was like, play me some YG. Everybody started getting drunk. We're going crazy. We had like maybe like 15 $1 bills that like I had yes. made it rain earlier. And I Max came so- late to the party. <laughs> he picks up all the ones. Fucking, he waits for the beat to drop. Boom. He recycled those ones to make it rain again. And I was like, you know what? I love Max Brady. Ah, (laughs) See those little things? That all came natural. By the way, when I got back to uh, the next morning, I had to go to the airport. 
And then I was getting my clothes, and I grabbed my jeans, and I looked in the pocket, and there was a crumpled. <laughs> you pocketed some? No, there was one, it was, and it was disgusting. It looked like uh, somebody had ingested it and pooped it out. It was disgusting. Oh, man. I did not want. I don't think though. I took that dog off. That's not going in my wallet. Just, <laughs> that, that's it has tip. perished. It is no longer I'm legal tender. It's housekeeping. <laughs> no yeah, here's a tip. And she was like, "Ah, no thanks." Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that was that was my favorite and first favorite. Uh, Max that's Brado. awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, with man. Me. So I, I knew that Max wasn't just a a, a sexy deep uh, voice that that calls our shit. He he turns up. He's in the culture, baby. Well, and, and, he's part of us. Look, it's Rich always said he goes if you, when I sat with Rich, he goes, "You really want to create a relationship with the supporters?" And I go, "I get it." But it's like you can't force it, and you kind of you go around and you can say, "All right, you can be very stiff." But then when I remember Tom, we were I got hired, and then I went to the Sacramento preseason game last yeah. week. We went around. There was two buses, and the reception was amazing. And I felt like I was talking to friends. And I go, "This is going to be easy because these guys are just—it's easy to hang out with everyone." Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from and that point forward, I just—I mean, I, 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 if I have time in games, I go to the tailgate and see it and have a great time, mm -hmm. and it just makes the day complete. So I like to do that more often. I mean, I think Rich was the one that was like, obviously, like paving a lot of those pathways. But like, shout out to Tom and shout out to other people who were like in the ownership group because all those guys, you know, even when I'm on the media side or no nah, man, forget all of them. It was all Rich or Roscoe. Like, <laughs> no, 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 but they were all the, no. The point is, you everyone talks to everyone. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like pomp and circumstance in terms of like who's talking to who and what's being shared and there's like a great like leveling that occurred somewhere along the line that Ooh. I do accredit Rich with yeah. a lot of that but I, I think it's it's pretty strange. I don't have a ton of experience like with other sports organizations, so I don't know if you compare it to. I don't know if that's normal. Uh, by, the, uh, by the way, at that Portland game where I was up on that, that walkway, I was up there with John Thornton hey. and he was like, I remember he said, he looked down at you guys Man, I love those guys. Damn, <laughs> and he, he looked at us. Yes, that's what it's all about. He was just taken by it. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of love coming from that direction. Yeah, no, that's there awesome, there are man. days just I I leave the North End for just like five minutes just to kind of take it in from somewhere else. Yeah, just because yeah. when you're in it all the time, it's it's hard to just kind of. By the way, how does the how does the supporters bar work? Because I've, I've we've been there a couple times. So you go there, you get that. For the 3252, you have access there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, people, 90 minutes before the game, the timer starts and you get your beers in. And yeah. It's multiple trips back and forth up there. You drink it down to about maybe an eighth of the beer left and you save those for beer showers. And that is how the supporters bar works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked that. Hold on to your cups, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah stop yeah. throwing the fucking cups, you assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to the freaking machine gun. Uh, beer pour machine that they have up there where like is that the one that comes from the bottom no no they, uh, they just have one that's like the four faucets fall out at one time and then it's oh, like, yeah. it fills up the it fills up the so yeah it, they, there's can. four cup holders it holds the beers up there it pours it in releases them next four go like two seconds yeah. two's the straight up it's incredible they're Wait, still so, like, some hungry mouths out there yeah man <laughs> there's an interesting place to spin it if if you know you've been to all these different stadiums not only in mls but in other sports now you've been like everywhere in the bank and you do those videos to talk about the different areas. Mm. What what are your favorite parts of the stadium, personally? Just in an overall view, I just love the stadium, how it's human scale, how it's uh, it's scalable. What's human, what's human scale? What, what, what does that mean for you? Well, I can, you, you, you can be on one side of it and in five minutes or less, you're on the other side. Yeah. You can mm. see people on the other side. You can see the details across the way. It's just, it's very intimate and uh, I mean, these big stadiums honestly frighten me. I go in there, I'm like, 
it's so it's always terrible ordeal. about the yeah, yeah, LA yeah. sports arena. Yeah, yeah everything. But it's ex- also has this exclusive feel about being there. But um, I guess you, we always spend so much time at the Sunset, the deck. But the, I'm very comfortable in the in the media area too because I know I'm gonna see people and we can talk. And it's a little yeah. think tank about the games. See the visiting uh, visiting teams come in as well. Is the media area just that um, the the writers' room across yeah. like above the field right there? It's up in the kind of the corner. It's kind gotcha, of the, gotcha, gotcha. in the south corner, southwest the corner. The opposite corner window. of the Los Angeles side. Right. Window, the, 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 like, several, like, sure, yeah, sure, where sure, we sure. have some of the gotcha, gotcha. I mean, even the, the field club is I'm just going to – I go down there at the end of the game, and I see the, inter, the interviews with Bob, and just see how that operates with the fans there. That's something you just don't see. It's, Max, yeah. we need you to jump in the north end, bro, more and more I, often. Bro. I did yeah. once for the, the Vissel Kobe game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the couple stand. Everyone's like, you want to do it in the second half? I go, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, I, I'm not honored I do it, but I, 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 I'll, I'll collapse. Yeah, that's how <laughs> it, it takes a lot of I'll come over. I mean, we do all the games on YouTube TV for the remainder, and I know we have three home games, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We can maybe pop over it. When I'm not yeah. working the games, it's, uh, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Part of me wishes, like, people like him and other people who are involved in the club that people recognize like Vince had the chance to go down there but like nobody like rec- like disguised and just so they could get the experience of what it is like to be kind of like among the mass what kind of disguised I don't know mustache <laughs> and glasses and a hat so <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though like hey it's dweezy <laughs> <laughs> it's so always dweezy if you know because how can I put it it's like when you're just part of the mass and you're just enjoying it you know because the games that i don't have to cover for mls obviously i come use my tickets that are in the north end mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll watch the games down there and it's just like a different and i i, I will say superior for my preferences it's not going to be for everyone but like having that experience all the time you know we like music you guys you know you the best equatable thing with that stadium with these supporters and that experience is music concerts mm-hmm. it's like those concerts where the crowd is like totally that's the like pit. a unified wave like like an ocean wave right, right, you know right. it's like they're all moving in unison everything's happening it just feels like the surges of it are like a i don't know there's probably like some there's probably some like you know thing like about stampedes that you hear like and everyone runs as a group like in our dna from like way back when that like you feel those like like bass like bass that thumps your yeah, it yeah, like yeah. rattles your ribcage and shit mm-hmm. that's the same type of shit that happens in the north end Stick and i wish that people right who yeah and i tell vince Hey, Rich, everybody who works on at, on the LAFC, everyone should get like a one game off per year to go in the North End and, yeah. and to to go to Vince the is, I the mean, uh, well, Rich is there pretty. Well, Rich is, like, does. some people get to be there. I've told Rich Vince, is good to work. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, and Vince has to work. Well, and it I might be his twin pretending to be Rich. Yeah. That's the only thing, way I think, like, the amount of people that know Rich, I gotta it say, would make sense. I gotta say, every time I go somewhere and something, I see Rich there. I, I cannot believe because I go to half of those events, if yeah, not yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. All the events, he's he's the consistent. He's always there. and he can somehow make all those people feel like they're somehow significant when you're really not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what, regardless if that is true or not, I mean, when do you get that kind of treatment? Where it's, it's because if they don't think you're significant, they're gonna treat you like you're a god given yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But I mean, there, I think there's some it's some a genuine element too that he really appreciates what that's. Doing. Yeah, I don't I've think never you seen. Can fake I've never met or seen anyone like Rich before. I just because that job is. You could sit on that job, right? You yeah, say, I'm yeah. Brandon Community, and I'll, I'll send so-and-so out there, but he's very hands-on, and right. I'm like, that's the secret. To me, Rich was like one bad psychedelic trip away from like starting a cult. You know what I mean? And being very successful at it. Like, 
it's three slips something shit. in his coffee. Right? Uh, One bad tab, and it's just like we're we're all in a whole different place right yeah, now, guys. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to the bottom of this when we have Thelma Orozco. Shout out to Rich's mother, a good loyal We're still waiting, Thelma. We're gonna have her come on before the end of the season with Rich. We're gonna break down how this, what makes this man tick, because he's not gonna yeah, show his I'd, cards, but she's gonna show his cards. Yeah, yeah. I just never seen anything like that. It's just very. Hats off to Rich. <laughs> well, let's take one more quick break. We'll be back with Max. One more go around. Tea time. Have a little tea. Get naked. Yeah. <laughs> naked tea time. Aww. Naked tea. Yes. The North End's favorite geisha. Oh, that's your new nickname. What? The North End's favorite geisha. Do you have too much tea already? You know what it is. Putting our What is the the fascination with the tea? I don't know. I don't know if it's fascination. I think it like. I think it's an infatuation. Would you like some tea? Would you like some tea with your crumpets? <laughs> he goes for the Asian tea, though. Okay, yeah. First of all, it's definitely not crumpets. Have I Would ever you served like you guys crumpets? you some tea with your muffins? Have I served you guys muffins or, muffins or crumpets? Just Szechuan peanuts and That's right. sweet sunflower seeds. Yeah. And weird I will say that jalapeno the, the mate the, the South American guys drink, that uh, gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, dude, the mate is narnar. Like, I've had... Narnar? Dude, it's crazy. Nardwar? Tea Nardwar. time with Dweez, pouring the tea. Yes. The, the fascinating tea, I think it came from when I would drink coffee. I'm, I think I'm sensitive to stimuli. I'm looking for, for sure. a change. For, yeah. I'm, I'm sensitive to like, you know, I wish I could smoke weed. I've always said that. Like, I fit in with That'd like, be a good so many t-shirt. things about it. I, that's but I can't. I no, I can't. It, it destroys me. Coffee is the same. Coffee fucks me. If I have a little bit of coffee, I'll be wired and I'll annoy the shit out of you for the next two hours. Like, hey, you want to talk about this? And you're just going like a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> and for better or worse. Hey, do you think some crystal meth? Yeah, I, I like, like some alcohol, alcohol I'm all right. Alcohol, I'm all right. When I had the the fucking, what do you call it? It's the, it's good the that white you know claws. It. Jesus. The white claw, like, fucked me up crazy. And I wasn't ready for that. It reminded me of drinking Four Locos, like when Four Loco was crazy back yeah. in, you know, when it was still illegal and dropping college kids. Like dropping bodies. Shout out Jimmy, informally known as Beer Belly, for stocking white claws for the watch but, party. No, but no, for the I most did. part, like you know, this stuff like really knocks you know knocks me off my feet. And so when I was in college and I tried, why does this look like a mushroom? I tried. <laughs> so these are Taiwanese Taiwanese tea tasting glasses. What you're gonna do is you just you're gonna flip it like so. So grab it on either side and flip it, and then take the top off, and this is your little smell cup. Oh, oh I always wanted Perfect. a smell cup. <laughs> Max wanted a smell cup, guys. Are you ready to drink? This is what it, this is what was missing. It's a perfect pour. Look at that. Yeah. So now what? This drink is it? a Shung Young Raw Pour Tea. I'll say in advance, these type of teas are a little bit. It'll get a little stranger the more we we keep drinking. Are oh, these the ones that change up after each this one's, steep? This one changes up a little bit. Right. Um, what do you mean changes up? Just the the flavor will change. Yeah, with Ooh. each little yeah, run of tastes, water. Yeah, it, it tastes like a old. Socks right now. <laughs> old socks. See? Less old socks as we go along. It's good. I sort of, you know, having hung out with Max at the training center enough times now, I'm like, I don't know if Max is gonna get the subtleties in these teas, but that's why, <laughs> that's, why I picked, that's why I picked the most, like, you know, the 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 hardest to get tea. Uh huh. That's the one that wouldn't be for everyone. This is in demand. 
So this is like, this is the tea. That I actually did enjoy that. It was very. Well, uh, well, a lot of time I drink certain teas and they, I associate with being sick, so I stay with this tea. I would not associate with being sick. Mm. Well, as what? you want more, just pour your, put your little cup near me, and I'm gonna. We only do the flip once. Oh, we only yeah. do the flip once. Oh, what are the it. teas that you associate with being sick? Chamomile, mm. uh, Earl Grey, uh, the British with like teas. lemon or something. Yeah. <coughs> gotcha. No, so this tea, if anyone follows strange economic investment trends it still kind of tastes like old socks <laughs> back well it hasn't changed it's not a new steep yet shut up bro oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> so he's getting sensitive about his tea man he's hey like, man you gotta let me explain myself here yeah so this is the type of tea that like it was the thing that people would invest in and then it, like there was like a bubble in like 2008 or 2009 where these cakes were like hundreds of thousands of dollars and like when presidents visit china and shit they'll give them that it's the big cakes have you ever seen like the big yes discs, discs? that's what this is um, this is that style of tea. This one isn't like presidential you know, tea, man. Come on, we, we, bring we out have the a best. great gift to you from China. You're like, whoa, whoa, could it be? Oh, it oh, freaking tea. tea. <laughs> tea. That's, the, that's the greatest gift of all. We should all Fair be enough. so lucky to have gifts of tea. It's People a thoughtful gift. Everyone will drink tea. Hey, shout out to uh, ooh, let me see if I can remember his name. Uh, the homie who's Clark. in TSG, Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah. Who's just like, hey, man. Would you take tea if I gave it to him? I'm like, well, what kind of tea do you got? You know? And he was just like, dude, I got this like 1989, like, uh, you know, show pour, which Clark means like a, right a ripe pour. This is a raw pour. This is the one that'll like change over time. But uh, I was just like, hell yeah, man. I'll give you that shit. So they got all these tea heads in the North End. Didn't even know about it, right? <laughs> so this is my Trojan horse, Max. I don't want to talk about sports. I don't really care about sports at all. I just want to. like a nice tea. Just want to talk to tea. So this one is a le little less footy. Yeah, that was. So we get, yeah, these these get a little little funky as we go, but I probably shouldn't have chased it with the, the bourbon, but. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Well, in for. Japan, like green tea is like, like a semi regular chaser with whiskey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let Makes me ask sense. you this: Have you been to Korea? No, we're gonna do a trip soon. I'm probably doing a Japan trip soon. Hey. So being out here is. Easier. Yeah, obviously it makes it more feasible. So. Korea would. It's gonna be an expensive ass trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna be doing a live you episode know what? in Korea I, in January. I mean, I live so. in Redondo. I drive by the airport coming to either downtown. I don't know how many tries, flights to Korea, but I see that Korean Airlines big jet landing I, every time. They're out here, man. So, yeah, there's a lot, lot of big flights. ports. Koreans out here. love LA. Good, good. We have our own style of kalbi. <laughs> Wait, so how's our exchange with the the Korean currency? Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's I think good. right now it's pretty good. Good. So. I was actually, I'm a big rugby fan, cause, but uh, the Rugby World Cup is starting in a week in Japan, but as it got closer, I said I wasn't going to make it, but that was the plan. But if we, if we didn't do as well this season, you might be out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, isn't the other big thing you're in now? I heard you and Josh Gross all the time talking about fighting. Are you? Yeah, I call fights for Combate Americas. Oh. I haven't called it for a few weeks, though, uh, but they'll have a couple cards at the back end of the year, and then we'll see about next year. But I do enjoy it. And uh, yeah, like explain that adrenaline rush when you're calling those because yeah. it's got to be intense, right? It's uh, it's this is UFC or is it more boxing? This is uh, it was like UFC. Gotcha. So in Combate Americas, they they use a smaller cage because oh. they want to encourage the uh, the Latino or Mexican style of fighting. Just uh, go out there and just, start yeah, swinging. <laughs> it's a little less wrestling and jujitsu. It's more it's basically boxing. Uh -huh, but, yeah. uh, with a, if you have a good all round game fighting wise, mm -hmm. you can. Be successful, but basically anyone who's good on their feet there is what they want. Gotcha. 
And you wait. Didn't you wait, where'd you pour that? Just now? Yeah. You want, Sneaky. Do you, not, do, you want, do you not want it anymore? Yeah. I just did it without even noticing what was happening. It's part of the flow, man. It's part of the flow state of the tea with I guess You can't acknowledge the pores, man. Yeah. You just gotta like go Jenna with Jameson. it. Tweezy, you pour such good tea. <laughs> you pour such good tea. Oh, All my God. people who know about tea get that joke. Ugh. Even these two guys across the way. But yeah. <laughs> tea, you missed, tea humor. Yo, you missed, you missed one of the podcasts that we were going to record because you were doing Krav Maga, right? Yes, so I want to learn some moves and some terminology, but I can't. You're doing that for broadcast? Well, my, I mean, my ankle's all messed isn't up. Isn't Krav Maga like just a bunch of Dick hitting, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. Right? They asked me to do it. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, there's some other seems we do. Like, a like whole bunch of some dick hitting and some kickboxing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's like it's it's, it's basically self defense for a lot. Of, it's like the Fifty Shades of Grey of hitting genitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're doing it as your first time of any martial art. No, I did some. Uh, <coughs> I did some Muay Thai stuff and uh, um, a little jujitsu when I was in Connecticut. Very little, but. Mm. So but don't run up on boxing. Max Brittos at, 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 at the stadium, y'all. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to mess, yeah, you can mess yeah, with me. You're right. definitely getting a dick knee. If I ever got into a fight, uh, I I think my fitness is good, so I would run in circles for a bit and see when my opponent was starting to gasp for air, and then I'd, I'd go in for a tackle. Hey. Yeah, I'm definitely not good with running, so like if you're bigger <laughs> than me, I'm trying to kick you in the shin and do I some know, yeah, shit. Yeah. Do you, did other of you guys ever take martial arts classes or fighting? I mean, stuff? every almost every Korean has to do a little bit of Taekwondo once they hit puberty, I think. You're, you're, it's like, that? It's like the Korean girls in eyelid surgery. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I love y'all. Wait, so what, tell me about that experience. What is Taekwondo? What are the differences between these fights? I don't it's know, probably I know the most unusable martial arts in a real fight. In, uh, in MMA, yeah, the guys who do well, Usually don't have a Taekwondo background. Yeah, do not. The, best, the number not. one is wrestling. Amateur greco Roman mm -hmm. freestyle wrestling is the best base you can Just have. Just to get them on the ground and start pounding yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah. Why did you start getting so absorbed with fighting? What was it about it that you... I think I, I saw it as a growth sport, so, so I, mean, I wanted to be involved with something I could kind of take ownership, kind of like, which I did soccer many years ago. But uh, I, I just... It's, I, maybe I, the millennial in me, I like the, <laughs> the approach where it's quick and fast and you yeah, get a result. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, working is great. Working with the fighters are great. They're always usually, you know, college educated and just good. Yeah, and good, they don't have like guys. all this type of raw, raw energy yeah, because I mean, they know that they can fuck shit up. So they don't have to yeah. like. You're gonna have a they proper. They don't have, have a proper conversation, which you probably can't in any other sport with yeah. fighters yeah. as opposed to. Josh kind of mentioned that's what he enjoyed about it too. We, we sometimes do talk about the stories that he would do. Yeah, but. You, I saw you the other day. You had the the old FSC Blazer. Or yes. You dug that. What was that? The Fox Soccer. Fox Soccer Channel Blazer, which was we did on our MLS weekly broadcast, which we traveled game week to week, game to game. So that was the was that the first? This thing is always full. You're like Jesus Christ when they had all that fish. And, uh, I thought you said Jesus Christ, and I was gonna be excited. Oh, about Jesus, Christ? Jesus, oh Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Oh, this is a terrible. What do you mean? There's no fish in here. Episode. There's thousands of fish in here. <laughs> no, and wait. bread. What? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Wait, why is Jesus like Irish or British right now? <laughs> no, this is actually how the Israeli and Palestinian people talk in ancient days. Right? <laughs> in Jesus' times, yeah. It's, that's the accent. That's it's it. according to Hollywood, I guess. <laughs> what was it called? Fox Soccer 1? Channel. FS Fox Sports World. Then Fox Soccer Channel. So Wait, that, what's this blazer? Yeah, yeah. Talk us through. Fox Sports World was the first one. Because my oldest memories of it Max was... is on one of the grainy... Was it like in Canada? The studio? They had a news program called Fox World Sports, Fox World Report. 
Fox Soccer Report, which they did out of Winnipeg. And it was mainly for being price effective, but they were doing a show there, and then Fox just kind of put it on there. But it was great because you had every night you could recap all the big daily sports news. It had a good following. And you did that? No, I didn't do that. I was in L.A. We called the games, and we did a few shows. And you did uh, EPL as well? Yeah, we had the first EPL. We were the first EPL broadcasters on a weekly basis. And the rights fees back then, this was 1997, a million dollars a year. Wow. And what are they now? I think the last deal they just signed for three, four years was $400 million. Huh. Wow. There's a, a... Growth sports, guys. Well, there's, a, there's a book on that E-mediate. called The Club, which is something that Sue told me was great. I bought it, let her borrow it. She finished it. I still haven't opened it. Um, but yeah. it's about TV rights. Well, it's just about how the, how the Premier League became what it became through TV contracts and this and that and... You know the types of moves they made and how much bigger they are of a conglomerate than a lot of the other well, we, leagues. When we had at Fox Sports World, uh, Premier League was a million. All the other leagues we were basically getting for free. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Italian league, mm-hmm. German league. Uh, at some for some point, the French and Spanish leagues. They were just like easy to get on the U.S. thing, so it worked out. But I could not have imagined it happened that quickly because, uh, as well as the Premier League's doing, most people don't really tune in to see weekly Spanish or Italian league. Maybe one day, but uh, right now it's still. It's much more expensive than much more bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. You come across people in in soccer supporter fandom who are coming like, oh man, I started following Juventus or Napoli because like y'all had the channel or y'all yeah, just had it. Yeah, yeah, I actually do get those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it blows me away. Like people say, I grew up watching soccer, and I think when it was happening, people looked at it because they took advantage for it. Because we were doing things on a shoestring bucket, uh, a budget. Things looked pretty cheap at times mm-hmm. but you're getting these soccer games so i think at the time like oh why isn't this look better why aren't you doing this but i think when people look back and said wow we had all these games at our fingertips no but i think the shoestring budget part was what was part of what made it fun to watch for me and what, right. what, what was kind of made it a trip later when you started working for lfc so like wow like that max was like part of that like small crew when i started watching the game when i was still in high school you know i like started watching epl and then you know, you feel like you're, it's a little bit, I always bring up Arsenal Fan TV, but for people who are sick and tired of hearing about Arsenal Fan TV, yep. watch yourself some Arsenal Fan TV right now. <laughs> AFTV. Hey, There's a reason they get like, you know, they get 500,000 views of, of a fan's opinion about a game within five hours after the, after the game. So sure. they've obviously got something going right. My point is like part of what's great about that is it's just like this little shoestring budget, small thing. Like there's no big production studio where they're like kicking it back to this person on that. They're just like talking. About yeah. this sport, and you know they're doing it consistently, and so you grow accustomed to them. And so I think that that's something that gets lost as like the budgets get bigger with different things. But that is something that's cool about what the YouTube TV stuff is, because it is like generally the same crew, with uh, you, Jervinia, and Mark, Mark, and you guys are always doing stuff. So that's I think it's cool. I love it. They built a nice program in there. I, uh, I kind of show up and call stuff, but it's. Uh, it's good that the club is really pushing that. Even without calling the games, we've built something nice there. I'm pretty pretty proud of. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. do you think about like the the smaller programs that evolve into something else? Like, and Dweez FC or Arsenal Fan TV fandom is is growing and it's always yeah. been there. Like, I, what like, what do you feel? Last sorry. thing I'll say about yeah, Arsenal yeah, Fan TV, I actually and I just thought of this. I watched Arsenal Fan TV reactions today before I watched the highlights of the game. I didn't get to That's see real. the game on Sunday. That's real. And I watched That's real. their opinions about, and I'm like. 
right, right. And this is like it's become. They had to be thing. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty pissed. No, our, our, our defense is shit right now. It's, but it's wild. Yeah, it's just ter- like no, but it's so bad. Yeah. For, uh, uh, as bad as of any big club with ambition I've ever seen. That yeah. was literally the two worst goalie tests I've seen in a long Jesus. time. No, but what were yeah. you gonna say? Back to back to. Let's <laughs> not talk about how bad Arsenal is actually on the field, guys. This is a culture podcast. Hey. <laughs> But when it comes to like, so Arsenal fan TV with um, troops getting the FIFA commentary thing. Yeah, he's on the FIFA game. Yeah, FIFA, FIFA twenty. He'll be he'll be he'll be a voice of that. And even Cooligans, who we have a lot of, um, they were kind of like the podcast soccer culture podcast that, that that set up a lot for for people outside of New York. It was just that they just got a show on Fubo TV and all that stuff. And like as it grows along, like what do you feel like that just enhances it, or do you feel like the 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 kind of Local nature of it. Yeah, the local yeah. nature of why they were popular. So, AFTV down. recently started doing the women's games, and Arsenal's That's women's cool. club is actually, like, the most successful in England, and I remembered that. But now that I'm watching the same people I watch, like, talk shit about Arsenal, talk shit about the women's team, I'm now suddenly interested in the Arsenal women's team. And wow. I was, like, looking up their roster the other day and, like, looking at where real their players stars, came those guys, from. huh? Yeah. You know? And so, suddenly, it's, like, they're expanding because they're – they're dictated by their own goals and their own whatever, so they're deciding how it goes. And I think, like, this is the upside of, like, the internet flattening, like, you know, mono, the end of monoculture and all that. You have these little lanes of where people can just create an audience, that audience can expand, and then they can decide what to do with it. Right. Um, so in that case, obviously, it's like any big band. It's like you watch a band, like, you know, growing up in the punk tradition, it's like, this band's dope till they sell out. Like, AFTV is going to continue to be dope till they sell out. They have a million subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want. Right, yeah, and, like, they get more... I, I'm sure they get more views on their videos than BBC or Sky yeah. Sports or anybody. Sure. Because people would rather hear them because they're real. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Right, and, right. and I think that, like... I think that this sport in particular is one where, like, maybe by, by the nature of the way that the game is, like, so many things are by, like, a hairline. I guess you could make that argument for any sport. But, like, there's so much, like, in-between... And so much like art, like I always talk about, that I would rather hear someone like creatively express their opinion about this than some like analyst who like, thinks he knows what he's talking about. These fucking idiots, they get shit wrong all the time when it comes to the yeah, World Cup. Anyways. They're not that close to it. And right, I tell right. people that all the time. It's like, I don't even, even as someone who follows the club consistently, there's someone in the North End who probably could predict the games better than I can, you mm-hmm. know, or who could, you know, and, and I don't, that's no, that's not to say that people in the North End don't know what they're talking about. It's the opposite. It's like everyone could, could be right about it any given day so you're better off just like aesthetically expressing your like real opinion your real feeling about the club yeah, in a yeah. way that's entertaining or how many times have you had this Arsenal football TV spiel it sounds like you've done it a few times this, like this. this, this is the longest this is the, the most uh, <laughs> he asked about it hey no 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 it's, it's good it's if there was and is there Man United fan TV do you guys watch Man United fan no, TV Man U- it's M-U-T-V. called full time full time devils and it's full time devils it's okay. But they they will obviously they That's, they pay a lot of uh, homage and tribute to Arsenal fan TV for providing that and they're like we're the biggest biggest club in the world like why aren't we having a presence on the ground the yeah, same they way have that the Arsenal numbers fan there TV. it's easy to grab them right, right. but I felt like I, I know more about like like culture in London now sure. because yeah, yeah. through these guys and they like talk about carnival or whatever like it expands into other things where like when I went to London for a game it was a fucking miserable experience I hated England like. I, <laughs> Dude, I like I waited. That's 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 the Irish in you talking. No, I was still. (laughs) But I was still. I was still a student, so I was like around Emirates Stadium, like trying to pedal my way to get into the. It was the first year at the Emirates, and I was like looking for anything I could afford. I had to buy the tickets maybe five five minutes after kickoff because everyone's prices were. Sure, 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 sure. Finally got in. Like Thierry Henry scored on a free kick to level with Newcastle. What more do you want? Great, right? I hugged the guy next to me. I was like, 
and she looked at me like, and she's like, don't you get your hands off me. Any, you know what I anything? mean? They were all just like stiff and like not like. Yeah, well, I was just yeah like, it sounds and, about that And I was just like, right. this is like miserable. But I watched Arsenal fan TV guys, and like a lot of them like love the game the same way I feel the game. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah. they're outwardly expressing it in their own lane, in their own culture, much more like, say, in Medellin, when I was at games there, and like, I would meet supporters <laughs> in Medellin, and those he guys would be he like, does his max. He yo, does and, those, and those guys would be, or, the, or Bosco, like, he Bosco was my again. first yeah, real, yeah. Bosco with the Gama, the, the one of the four clubs. Great explorer. Like, <laughs> he was a great explorer. And, like, those supporters kind of helped me, clue me into the way, like, you know, supporter culture and, like, following this sport in a certain way transcends the sport and it becomes more about like expression and like where you're from um in the way that the north end represents it but i got you i got you i don't know i i don't know how i'm getting on this rant right now but it's tea time with dweezy you guys know what it is <laughs> max you're a west ham Culture. fan right yes i am got you got you and so another i think west ham parallel to this is spencer fc was also a big west ham fan is really taking the he started as a fifa youtuber but now he announced he's like an influencer for the club and does like a lot some announcing gigs and stuff like that so it's it's inherent with everything i think west i was really given an intro into west ham through first green street hooligans and then oh gosh yeah and then and then the spencer so i mean how, how did you get involved with west ham how did you how did your your love for that start i uh i remember the first soccer team i did play for had the same claret claret and gold claret and blue uh uh-huh. um strip as a I tribute had. to west ham or was no, it i think so i mean it, we debated and they said, I said, this is so cool. I always loved it. Yeah, and then yeah. I started finding out where the Clarion Blue and I'd see these guys and the Bobby Moore and stuff. That yeah, was yeah. so cool because I'd never seen anything like it with that color scheme. But I wasn't a fan then. And then uh, it's funny because I saw Iron Maiden, uh, the bass player Steve Harris had a, a West Ham bass. And then I was actually doing some business in London I was, uh, for work, going to work for Sky Sports. And I was there a bit and I wanted like a football. I was like, who can I do it? I don't want to force it. And I started going, okay, there, there, there. All right, there, there it is, West Ham. Uh-huh. Went to a couple games, which I, I'm sure if I said I want to be a Watford fan, I could have gone there and they'd give me a, a wonderful treatment. But the West Ham people were great. Yeah. Saw a couple games at uh, Upton Park, which is uh, how they play at the new Olympic Stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, the London Stadium, sorry. And um, yeah, I just... You put some time in it, and it came out. And so Carlos I don't want to start at the top either. I don't want to go, hey, Manchester United. And Carlos sure, Tevez. Sure, sure. The sa- the Carlos Tevez was – Paulo Di Canio, there's two big plays. When Carlos Tevez saved. There was this one moment where he saved him, and then this fan comes out and embraces him. And I was like, that solidified it. And fire a little bit before. Paulo Di Canio, who I know has uh, his own issues off the field. There was a play where the ball came into him. The goalkeeper of Sheffield Wednesday at the time – I think broke his leg, was on the ground, and he could have headed in for an easy goal, and he grabbed it. He goes, I can't score a goal like that. Really? And I was like, I wow. never seen anything like that. It was Holy unbelievable. Crap. So, uh, all of that I kind of put in the mixer and said, all right, there's enough momentum there for, for me, for me to be, for this to be my team. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I've heard you talk kind of large recently about West Ham's uh, fortunes this this season, and they they're looking uh, pretty good in London. I like them. I mean, they have some good players up, up top. I think uh, Lanzini's fantastic. Uh, has such a great influence on the team with a, as a number ten and uh, Haller. It's been a great addition, scoring goals and scoring goals now. But uh, and uh, Felipe Anderson, who's also just, those three guys yeah, yeah. are as exciting of a trio. And then not to mention have a a coach who once coached Real Madrid and national teams. Uh, that's all very it's right. it's exciting time for that club. So shout out to all you luckies who are excited that we're talking about West Ham on the pod. I don't like any of you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Rafa, we love you, Rafa. Wait, what's Rafa. your club? 
He's through Man United. Oh. United. So starting at the top. So if you like Carlos Tevez, tune in for the newest em- episode of, Park, of course. Yes. <laughs> of NBC Crossroads where we talk about Carlos Tevez. Hey, shameless plug. Uh, that was that was actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah, and his it was whole awesome. influence on the Premier League. It was amazing that they signed him and Javier Mascherano at the same time. I was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Do you ever, do you ever miss? Do you ever wish you could call other leagues? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because it's kind of when I when you when you first came back and I, I saw you in Sacramento, you said like I missed calling games. Yeah, and like, I want to call games. Calling games again. Yeah, I just don't call enough of them, and I would like to call more. So I talk to the guys there and see what I can do. And I, I've been in touch with people. The thing is, it's uh, it's all streaming now, so you have to be with a host broadcaster, the world feed it a lot of times to call these games. But yeah, I love it. I just would love to call games. You know, it's wild. My roommate just hit me up, be like, "Should we get Bleacher Report live so we can get all the Champions League games?" So like, even within streaming services, they, like Bleacher Report came out of nowhere, and now they have Champions League rights. And yeah, Steve but they Nash don't broadcast. They do not produce a single game. They, it's all from the world feed. Gotcha, so. gotcha, gotcha. World feed, world feed. That's crazy. I think we got like one more pour left in our tea before before we yeah, let Max go. Good, yeah, Let's... I gotta go and I gotta pee out all this tea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what have what have been your favorite broadcast moments with LAFC so far in the short two year history. I think the Fun top one is happened. easy to remember was uh, the game against the Dynamo last season with the lengthy rain, rain delay. delay. And I, I I mean usually we have a rain delay in your sports you're like crap I gotta sit here for an extra hour but it, that never went into my mind it just felt like a magical night wow. and then putting on that the NLCS yep. highlights or the, the, the feed going on yep. and then the just this rain we hadn't rained in so long and it wasn't just rain it was it's heaven storm. and earth brimstone and treacle pouring down uh, something I'd never seen I've never seen it rain like that in the city Yeah. so and then to come back and to win that that was was unbelievable it just was a cool because you know it was a big moment so that was uh that was certainly up there. I think the uh, the game the Walker Zimmerman goal when they beat Real Salt Lake, with that goal was very cool, because it seemed like it was getting away from them. They found a way, and just the beginning of this year has been great at home. I think that's that Walker goal you're talking about was also the debut of the the call to arms that same night. Yeah. At Real Salt Lake. Oh, uh, the first home game of the season, wasn't it? I think it was the second. Oh, second. Okay. I will say, to my credit. I heard the call to arms, and I was like, "There's," I said, and I heard it, uh-huh. and I, they're up to something. Uh, There's something new going on. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we I think got it. Rich told me, he goes, "You knew it." I go, "I knew it." I go, "I heard it," because it was something I never heard before. Mm. So I guess being around the club that long to hear something that was significantly different, right? That, brought it up. That's the most interesting like, thing. It's just a reaction. Like, wait, I've never heard that. After, so. after we had our, you know, our single, as you would say, from last season with the Jump for LA Football Club. Like it, you know. I'm I'm glad that we didn't stay stagnant. We came with some new things this year. Not a one hit wonder. Do you yeah. feel pressure to come up with more stuff, or are you? I mean, cause you should be satisfied with what you have. Uh, but if something comes, there's always more. I mean, we're Sean right most now. Most clubs do not have three or four go tos like yeah, that. yeah, like one or two. Sean from TSG right now is finally we're we're putting together the final touches of uh, what will hopefully be the first Korean song in the North End. That's enormous. Yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get with Korean with, words. Korean yeah. words. Yeah. We'll we'll get with the director. Obviously, that's a dumb that's a dumb <laughs> question on my part. It's just well, a no, in English. Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that too. Let me tell Wait, you. Wait, what's yeah. the Korean thing? Was when Korea made the semifinals of the World Cup, 
and forgive me if I'm butchering this, but that one song's like, oh, Korea. Oh, Pearson, Korea. Oh, Pearson, Korea. Oh, Pearson, Korea. God, that song was annoying. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is annoying. And on that fucking note, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. We're on our last pour of tea. It's been a wonderful evening. Thank you, Max, for coming out. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Go listen to some Circle Jerks. And make sure you listen to Vince and Max on Inside LFC. Yeah, yeah, man. And have a good night, everybody. FCFC. FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA